Thank you for listening to WNLA's Sermon of the Week. Visit our website at wnla.church for ways to partner with us and to connect with our ministries. Here is this week's sermon. complaints that I wasn't wearing suit jackets enough as a pastor. <laughs> this will teach you. <laughs> That's not true. Nobody's ever complained. But let me just be the first to say, happy holidays, everybody. Okay, it's a little bit too small of a jacket, but uh, happy holidays. I'm going to just set this thing right here for you. Happy holidays. No, not Christmas. Holidays. Now, a couple, couple reminders. Uh, why do we call them holidays? I, I realize, so when I walk around in December, I say Merry Christmas to everybody because it's all about Jesus Christ. Amen? But don't forget, like, the word holiday literally means holy day. Right? It's a holy day. So here, instead of getting all upset when somebody says, Happy Holidays, be like, well, praise the Lord! It is holy! Yes! Oh, man, the Lord show himself holy to you as well. Jesus, is, you can just go take it to town. So happy holy days to you, church. I say that today. Last week, if you were here, if you weren't here, I'll, I'll tell you what we did. We celebrated the Feast of Trumpets, um, which was the beginning of actually the holy days in the Jewish calendar. Not, it wasn't just a one or two day thing like we're talking... We, we move into uh, Yom Kippur, which is what we're going to talk about today. And, and actually, next Sunday is the Feast of Tabernacles. So it, it is the holy season on the calendar. So I can happily and readily say to you, happy holy days, church. So as I said, uh, today we wa- I want to look at Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. Now, before we get all, all uh, down a rabbit trail here, first and foremost, some of you are thinking, why on earth are we talking about Jewish holidays? Here's why. They're in the Bible, <laughs> okay? They're in the Scripture, in the Old Testament, in the Torah, in the Pentateuch, in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. They are legal fodder for the Christian church to look at, Okay? Um, now, that being said, while in, in, before Jesus came, you were to be cut off from all people in your faith if you did not celebrate these days and set them aside, now you are free to not celebrate them. You are free to not, but you are free too as well. Uh, lest, you, lest you get bogged down into a yoke of slavery, into a bondage under the law, you're no longer under that anymore. They are beautiful things to look at. There's amazing revelation of Jesus Christ in the, in the feasts. And, and so I don't look at them every year. We don't do a big thing every year. I think it was probably about six or seven years ago that I really focused on these as a church. Um, and uh, in fact, next week we're going to talk about the Feast of Tabernacles again because they're so rich. We have also looked into the Passover, and we've done a Passover Seder dinner in the past. We don't have to do that every year. You don't have to do that every year, but there's good things to look into, okay? In fact, I had a, I had a student 
I, I, I was a youth pastor in a small town. Um, and, and as a result, I had students from almost every church in the town that would come. I mean, we, we, had, we had them all. It was great. I loved, I loved that. Um, I had one student who loved him. He came to youth group quite faithfully, and he would come to my Friday morning Bible studies, and he honestly believed that if we, if we went to church on Sunday, we were going to hell. He believed that, and, and he, would, he couldn't stop telling me that I was going to hell because I went to church on Sundays, and somehow that was the mark of the beast and all of it. And, and I'm, I got so frustrated. We would be talking about something completely rant different, and he'd be like, but if you, don't, if you go to church on Sunday, I'm like, so finally I had to combat with Scripture. Colossians 2, 16 and 17 says this, Therefore do not let anybody judge you by what you eat or drink, or with regard to a religious festival, new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. In reality, however, is found in Jesus Christ. Amen. So, go to church every day of the week if you're really concerned about it. I, what, I, what, I, what I want to always be careful about is, I never want to usher you back under a law and a yoke of slavery that Jesus has set you free and come so beautifully fulfilled that you are under the grace and the joy and the freedom and the forgiveness that comes in Jesus Christ. So forget, don't forgive me. You have to. If you think I overemphasized that today a little bit too much, but I, I want to... Honestly, here's why I'm emphasizing this so much today. Because I do enjoy studying and looking at all the, the Jewish festivals that are listed in the Scripture. However, I do have a lot of tension when it comes to Yom Kippur. And I'll explain why. Like, I, Feast of Trumpets, I'm with you. But Yom Kippur is the Day of Atonement. Now, just, just so you understand what this meant. In fact, two weeks ago, or three weeks ago, I preached a message called Two Goats and the Goat, right? I talked about the scapegoat that they would place their hands on. That's Yom Kippur. That's the Day of Atonement. That's the day we would have, you'd have the red heifer. You, this was the big day, the one and only day of the year where the high priest could enter into the Holy of Holies, into the Ark of the Covenant, and sprinkle blood onto the Ark of the Covenant. It was the one day of the year that they could finally believe that they could be forgiven of their sins completely. They would offer all these sacrifices on Yom Kippur, on the Day of Atonement, to cover over their sins with, with blood. The, the mistaken sins, the sins that were on purpose, the community sins, all of the above were covered on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. Which is why to this day, this is the holiest day on the Jewish calendar. It's also the day, here's why my tension exists here. Um, I never have to kill anything ever again. We never need blood again. We never need it again. It was given once and for all by Jesus Christ. On the, on the cross, he shed his blood. This, the day of atonement is awesome, but it already happened. Once and for all. So this is why, this is why I just feel a little tension on this day. Uh, because because the... the, the the heart of the Day of Atonement is we need, we need to sacrifice something. There's a lot of sacrifice and a lot of blood to cover over our sins. And, and I, please don't hear this as an anti-Semitic message either. I am pro-Semitic, okay? 
I am all for it. In fact, I am pro-Israel. I'm pro the nation of Israel. I love the people of Israel. I love the Jewish people. I've been there three times, and if God willing, I'll take another group soon. I love it. However, I love them so much that I want them to know Jesus. Honestly, like, honestly, because the truth, the very truth is there's only one way. We We could reconstruct a temple on the holy hill. In fact, many Christians have gotten really excited and actually given money to reconstruct a temple and reinstitute the sacrifice. But let me tell you something. Again, please don't hear this as anti-Semitic. But let's say hypothetically, we were able to remove the Dome of the Rock, the Muslim mosque that exists there now. And we were able to reconstruct Solomon's temple in some fashion and reinstitute the sacrifice. Hear me carefully here. Don't for one second think that offering any blood in that temple would not be an abomination to the Lord. As scriptural as it was, any further sacrifice, thinking that you're going to atone your sins, is just as much an abomination as a dome of the rock to a Muslim shrine. It's the abomination of desolation if we tried it. And that's not anti-Semitic. It's just the, the, the power of the cross, the blood of Jesus, already accomplished anything far and beyond all we could ask or think. And the only way anybody's ever going to come to, come to heaven and experience real forgiveness is through Jesus Christ. I had a... Back the first trip I was, I was there, I was... Uh, they have, they've reconstructed like the gold menorah and a lot of the things that ready to go to rebuild the temple. I know scripturally, many of us believe that a third temple has to be built in order to fulfill scriptures. That's neither here nor there. That's also no reason for me to try to help get it built. Well, Jesus, I, sp- I gave so much money to get sacrifices resumed. And he'd be like, you did what? You had one job to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you invested in reinstituting a sacrifice that no longer is required. The Lord can handle the temple himself. If it has to happen, he'll make it happen. But I I was there and I was was just looking at the menorah and and this this Hasidic Jewish man came up to me. He's like, hey, can I pray for you? I'm like, why not? Let's pray for each other. Um, And he prayed for me and beautiful blessing on my family and on my kids. That's really neat. And then he goes like this when he was done. And he says, for the temple. And I'm like, no. Because no sooner would I give money to rebuild and reinstitute a sacrificial sin, I would, I would no sooner give it to the Muslim mosque or a Buddhist temple. It, you know, it, it, there's only one way, and it's Jesus Christ. And to him, I'll give everything. So I was, I was very kind about it. But you don't, you get my, you get my emphasis here. I love the Day of Atonement, but it, uh, it's, it is not a, oh, I hope I get it. It is happened. We get to celebrate it in a hope. We, it'd be like, it's celebrating something. It's like remembering something amazing that happened. It really is, to a Christian and a believer, a lot more like Easter Sunday. And so if you want to celebrate the Day of Atonement, do it just like you would Easter. Jesus is alive. Up from the grave he rose. Right? Go for it. But don't get into this, oh, Lord, just, I just need my sins to be covered. Your sins are covered by the blood of Jesus. 
Hebrews 9.22 says, In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Which is why the Day of Atonement is still such a big deal. And here's another tragic thing that hurts my heart. <laughs> there hasn't been blood sacrifice. Like, if, if I'm a, 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 a Torah-believing Jewish person, I cannot be forgiven of my sins ever. Because there's not been sacrifices at a temple since at least 70 A.D. when the Romans destroyed that temple. And that's the only legal place to offer the sacrifices. And so imagine being in a, a religion where you have no hope. You can't be forgiven. And so then also now put yourself into a, a season of a holy day, of the day of atonement, when you can't actually do what the Bible tells you to do. It actually grieves me a bit. It puts me in such a hopeless, like I, I can imagine and just taste that hopelessness. And yeah, I can come up with other things and other ways to celebrate, but truthfully, if I want to celebrate Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, there must be a scapegoat. There must be a red heifer. There must be a cow. There must be blood. Because it's the only way to cover over my sins. Oh, praise the Lord, I found Jesus. Amen? He found me. I don't, I, the blood has been shed. And now all that's required is your faith in that name and in the blood of Jesus Christ. That's it. And so it's, for you, if you've accepted Christ, it is a day of celebration. It is a powerfully fun day to experience the goodness of God in the land of the living. So how do I celebrate? And again, I'm not trying to pick on anybody here, but how do I celebrate a festival, a, a, a holiday that I can't actually celebrate biblically. Well, here, here is what some of the things, uh, and some of the things are fun that you would do on the Yom Kippur, and some of the things are, uh, are, are actually beautiful. One of the things that you do leading up to Yom Kippur is you seek out and ask for forgiveness from anybody you've wronged. That's a good thing to do. If you would like to celebrate Yom Kippur this, this week, in fact, it's not today, it's on Tuesday at sundown. You got a few days to get this done. I, I, I challenge you, it is biblical to ask and repent. People you've wronged, would you forgive me? Would you forgive me? There's, that's powerful. Celebrate in that way. The other thing um, that, that, that they like to do and on Yom Kippur, is they, they, make, they give to the poor. They, they, like, they love to give to the poor. Feel free, give to the poor. Um, however, there is something attached to it on the other end. Uh, there is a belief somehow that if I give to the poor, the Lord will then forgive me. I'm, 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 in a sense, I'm, I'm paying God off by giving to people without. So if that's your heart in giving to the poor, don't do it. You don't got that kind of money. You don't got... Bill Gates, uh, Elon Musk, they don't got the kind of money it would take to buy God off to get forgiveness. Like, you could get every da last dime in the world and give it to the poorest person, and if you didn't have the blood of Jesus, you're just as much a wreck. <laughs> you're just as much unforgiven. You can't bribe God into your good graces. Which is why the other thing that... Uh, so. Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, it's, <clears throat> it's a day of fasting is really what it ends up being. And uh, in fact, you go to Chabad.org 
It, it, it lists out for nearly 26 hours, this is, this is on, on the instructions, how you celebrate, we afflict our souls by avoiding the following actions. Eating and drinking, wearing leather shoes, applying lotions or creams, washing or bathing, engaging in conjugal relations. Okay. Let me just set this aside. And again, I'm not trying to pick on Yom Kippur. But I do want you to understand what fasting is and what it isn't. Okay? So this kind of fasting is, is, a, is a sense, Lord, I'm, gonna, I'm going to earn myself into your good graces by afflicting my soul. Anything good, I won't give myself. Because then I'll be holy to you and you'll all be worthy of your forgiveness at the end of the day. That's what that kind of fasting is. Now, Christians... We fall into that trap too, okay? Many people have declared a fast, a holy fast, and all it is is a pity party hunger, hunger strike to get God to do what they want. If I fast long enough, God will finally answer my prayer for that brand new Tesla. If I fast long enough and hard enough and I deny myself enough, he'll finally heal my Aunt Sue or Aunt Bob or no, Uncle Bob, sorry. It's not how, that's not fasting. That's a hunger strike. That's a, that's a two-year-old throw-on-the-ground pity party until daddy gives me my wish. It's not what fasting is. So to earn your atonement through self-denial is absolutely wrong. What is fasting? Just so you know, this isn't my main point. Fasting is I do deny myself of something, and I'm humbling myself in order to just get closer to the Lord and hear from him. Because all my senses, they're, they're on overdrive and all these things, and I'm, oh! But when I, when, I, when I deny myself of the things that I'm trying to satisfy myself with, it gives me a wider bandwidth to listen to the Lord and hear from Him. I've tried the fast. I did a 40-day fast. I've told you this before. 40-day fast! And I had a list of demands. I got to the end of the 40 days, and I was much skinnier, so it had a purpose. Perhaps I should do it again. Not one of those things was answered. And I looked at the Lord, I'm like, what was that all about? And he's like, you fasted wrong. <laughs> you could have told me on day two. <laughs> it would have been much easier. So <laughs> a few years later, I did, I did another 40-day fast. But this time, I threw any list aside, and I just said, Lord, what do you want to say? And my journal was flooded with what the Lord wanted to say. I wasn't demanding anything. I was just wanting to hear, Lord, what's your heart? That's my aside about fasting. So I would encourage you, if you choose to fast Tuesday night to Wednesday night, that's your choice. But do not do it in any sense that you're going to earn some, some, some bonus brownie points with the Lord. Or some, somehow you're going to be more forgiven than you were at the start of your fast. Or if you ate the giant cheeseburger with bacon, mayonnaise, lettuce, cheese. I'm just as forgiven when I take a bite of that hamburger as if I didn't eat it for 40 days. Understand that, please. I would invite you to not afflict your souls. And here's why I would invite you into that. Feel free to fast, but don't do it in an attempt to afflict yourself in any way. To self-flagellate. You know those people who whip themselves to get closer to God, to punish themselves? 
Let me read you why, so you don't, just, you don't just take my word for it. Isaiah 53 says this, Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. I'm talking about Jesus Christ. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each one of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet we did, he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before the shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. Here's the good news for you today. He was afflicted. His soul was afflicted. He was wounded for your transgression. He was pierced for your iniquities. The punishment that brought him us peace was upon him by his stripes we are healed this is the day of atonement that he he paid for now i can enter into it every single day does that not sound like pretty incredible news imagine if you had celebrated your whole life and were trying to beg for some forgiveness and no blood could ever be offered for it and you know oh imagine if you will Coming to the knowledge that oh, Jesus already did it. Whoosh. He washed me white as snow. Amen? Amen. This is so good news. Such good news. I, I do love some other things about Yom Kippur, and I'm not going to go into an exhaustive list. One of, the, one of the greetings that I'm going to totally butcher, because I'm not a, uh, a Hebrew scholar, but Gamar Chatima Tova. Did I say it right, Dale? All right, if I didn't, praise the Lord that you're just agreeable today. All right, Gamar Khatima Tova is a customary greeting to somebody else on Yom Kippur, on the Day of Atonement, and it literally means this in English. May you be sealed in the book of life. Oh, I love that. Oh, Gamar whatever Hatova, I can die. May you be sealed in the book of life, in the Lamb's book. By the blood of Jesus, you are written into that. You get there, and he's will open up the book, and he's like, yes, Dale, you're right here. Come on in, buddy. Yeah, but I didn't fast on Yom Kippur. Get in here, kiddo. You, you put your faith in me. That was it. That was enough. That's all you needed to do. Yeah, but no, no, no. <laughs> Here's another thing that I honestly think is a beautiful thing and an inroad into Yom Kippur. Many, and I don't think all of them, but many Jewish folk believe that on the day, even to this day, they can be forgiven of their sins on Yom Kippur. They believe, oh, happy day, of, have a great day of, of cleansing of your sins. I think that's a beautiful, do you realize what that, that's called faith, right? That's a greater faith than I think they understand, because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. There's no bull going to be offered on their part today, no scapegoat. Yet somehow, they're like, I'm going to be cleansed of all my sins today. And I'm like, yes, yes, you can, except I've got one piece of the puzzle left, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you're like me, you're, a, you're kind of obnoxious. I'm a, I'm a puzzle, puzzle doer. Uh, Jerry, Martha, Peggy, you guys can all attest but what do you do with the la when you're getting close to the end of the puzzle? If you're like me, you take one piece and you hide it in your pocket. Because then everybody's like, where'd it go? Ta-da! Boom, I finished the puzzle. 
Come on, am I the only one who's ever done this? That's how I feel about Yom Kippur. Like, you can be forgiven. Here's the peace. Jesus Christ. And it's this beautiful portrait of salvation. It's it. Oh, may this Tuesday, Wednesday, Yom Kippur be the day that those who are celebrating from, the, from that perspective find Jesus Christ and put their faith and be cleansed of all their sins once and for all. It's a beautiful thing. Okay. I'm going to end, I want to end with this. Last week, I told you about, uh, we, we, we talked about Jericho. We talked about how they marched around and they blew, blew the trumpet. Awesome. We connected that to the day of uh, the Feast of Trumpets. Uh, I, I talked about Rahab, and I mentioned Rahab last week, and I told you we would talk about her just a little bit here today. Because Rahab was the one person in Jericho, her and her family, that were spared. They were spared from the destruction when they blew the trumpets and the walls came down. They told her to put a scarlet rope in her window so that they knew who they were to spare because she had helped the spies. She would hidden them and protected them and she's like, we know that you have a God and we don't. And we, we, this was it. I want to read this to you and I want to tell you why this connects with Yom Kippur and why we can celebrate today. It's in Joshua chapter 2, verse 17 through 21. It says this, now the men said to her, this oath you made us swear will not be binding on us unless we enter the land. You have, uh, uh, when we enter the land, you have tied this scarlet cord on the window through which you let us down. And unless you have brought your father and your mother and your brothers and all your family into your house, if any of them go outside uh, your house into the street, their blood will be on their own heads. We will not be responsible. As for those who are in the house with you, their blood will be on our heads if a hand is laid on them. But I tell you, uh, if you tell what we are doing, we will be released from the oath that you made us swear. Agreed, she replied. Let it be as you say. So they sent them away, and they departed, and she tied a scarlet cord on the window. Okay, I know I said a mouthful there. What you need to remember is the scarlet cord. That's how they saw it. That's how they knew. Oh, she's, been, she, she's covered. She's covered by the blood. Two words there, scarlet cord. Scarlet, it, it literally just means scarlet or crimson. The word is shani. Come and let us reason together. This is Isaiah 118. Saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they will be as will. Rahab was a prostitute. What is prophetically happening here? This is the blood. This is Passover once again. This is the crimson rope. This is, the, the, this is covered by the scarlet blood. Now, the word I really wanted to, to give you today was this word for cord. The scarlet cord, the scarlet rope. The word is tikva. Tikva. And this is the translation. It means, it means cord. It means hope. It means prospect. What is the prospect? The scarlet, the blood of hope. That's what was being prophesied in the window of Rahab at Jericho. The blood of hope. Tikva, scarlet hope. This is your hope. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame but wholly rest on Jesus' name. 
On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. The Day of Atonement is something that already happened. The scarlet blood was shed. It is your only hope. It is the only thing to bind you to eternal life is the blood of Jesus. My hope cannot be built on anything less. Now look, many of us have put our hope in so many dumb things in our lifetime. And many of us are still trying out new things. <laughs> There's only one hope that will bind you and tie you to eternity, and that's the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, you dare not trust the sweetest frame. Holy rest on His name. Happy day of atonement. It is finished. Was Christ's words on the cross. I can't get any clearer than what Jesus said. It's done. And now our scarlet, car, scarlet cords of hope are tied to the eager expectation of the return of our King and our Savior. My, my eternity is secure. My forgiveness is secure. And I long for the day when my faith will be made sight. My prospect. That word tikva, it means hope. It means a prospect. I, just do a word study of that, that this week. It's so much fun. One of my favorites, and I'll leave you with this, was Proverbs 10, 28. This is, by the way, the same word as scarlet cord is here. It says this in Proverbs 10, 28. The prospect, that's the cord, the scarlet cord, the prospect of the righteous is joy. Now, the Bible's full of all these prospects. I told our worship team a couple weeks ago, I brought a shovel up here, and I'm like, we are, the, we are the prospectors. The Word of God is full of things we're tied to, of good things. If you will take your shovel, oh, let's dig up, what's the prospect? Joy is a prospect for you. And I'll let you study out prospects on your own in the Word. But I just want you to know that what you are tied to, the scarlet cord, the day of atonement by the blood of Jesus, your birthright is now righteousness, joy, and peace in Jesus Christ. It is a powerfully wonderful celebration of a day. So grab your shovel. Dig on your own. Here's, what we're, here's how I want to end here today. I want to run out of time. We got a little time left. When you came in, you were given a little piece of paper. If you didn't, uh, Pastor John, I don't know if anybody needs one of these, but you can raise your hand. He'll get you that. It just simply says this, because of Jesus, it's really simply done. Because of Jesus, I'm forgiven of. And here's what I'm going to invite you to today. The great exchange. I hope you're excited. We have some old school communion style here today. Who's excited about that? That's right. Chopped up. It, you know, it's all ready to go. But here's what we're going to do. I want you to write. Maybe there's something that you constantly feel like you, it keeps coming up and it's like the enemy keeps harassing you about this thing, but you know the blood of Jesus has forgiven you of it. You're going to write it on there. Whatever it is, you know the Lord has forgiven you of or you need forgiveness of. And by faith, you are going to come forward today and you're going to toss it in one of these trash cans and you are going to exchange it 
for the elements of communion. We've got the cup, we've got the bread. The bread, the broken body of Jesus Christ, so mine doesn't have to be broken. The blood of Jesus in the cup, which institutes the new covenant. The scarlet cord, the ultimate day of atonement. That's what this represents. And when you throw that sin into the trash bin, it's gone. It's gone, it's gone. Where is it? Can you find it again? It's gone. So, Tyler, I'm going to have you come up. I know I have had you walk to the front a lot lately. But, folks, we got to retrain ourselves to get to the altar, all right? COVID kept us away from the altar for far too long. <laughs> so what we're going to do as Tyler prays, I'm going to pray a blessing. You're going to write that down. You're going to form a line, and you're going to come. Take the elements. Well, first, throw your stuff in the garbage. Get rid of your junk. The exchange. Take your elements, and then head back to your seat and prayerfully take these elements and remember the body of Jesus. Remember the blood and let him cleanse over you. So if you'll stand with me. Father, oh, happy day of atonement, church. <laughs> it's a happy day of atonement. Thank you for your blood. Thank you that we've got so much hope, so much tikva. <laughs> we are tied to it, the joy of the Lord. Oh, the forgiveness of our sins, the blessed assurance of our eternal salvation. What a good day. And so, Jesus, we confess our faith in you alone. It's built on nothing less than your blood and your righteousness. Father, I pray for anybody here, everybody here, as they throw their sin away, Lord, that in faith they know that your blood is covered over everything. And we remember your body broken and your blood poured out in Jesus' name. Amen. Could Tyler plays, please come forward. Uh, Pastor John will, will take some. If you, can't, if you can't leave your seat, he'll bring it to you. But let's go ahead and line up and... and
I know I told you to take it when you got back to your seat. That's fine if you already did. But if you still have it, let's do this together. We have the body, the bread. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for your body. We remember and we thank you for it. Let's take the bread together. the shedding of blood there is no remission of sins the day of atonement took care of that on the cross by faith we thank you Jesus that you've covered over a multitude of sins and ushered in the path of righteousness for all those who believe and we say thank you for your blood Jesus let's take it together and now father I pray a blessing on your people Oh, who you, you rejoice over us. The Bible says that faith, without faith it's impossible to please God. So imagine what faith does. Like, he's so pleased <laughs> when you come to him in faith. You put a smile on the face of God today. And so be blessed as you go. Celebrate the Day of Atonement as fulfilled. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or if you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit our website at wnla.church.